All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome to Invest Wisely with Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group, with offices in Akron and Washington, Pennsylvania. He's a wealth advisor and senior vice president. AKW Group is affiliated with the Robert W. Baird & Company private wealth management folks in their offices here in Akron at 3560 West Market Street. Now, Walt's here live to talk about the market and investing and how this group invests their clients' money in individual portfolios of individually owned stocks. Give us a call, 330-673-1234, with your investing questions. That's out of Akron and on WNR.com. We got it at 800 669 Well, Walt, of course, another week on the market that was, as they say, like kissing your sister. It was neither here nor there, kind of mixed. Yeah, Bob, for sure. Um, yeah, last week was uh, again. We it's it's been last week's a lot like this year. It, there's a lot to worry about. Uh, there's a lot of concerns, but you know this market continues to move forward. It continues to so, show some resiliency, and I think that's what all of us are trying to do. I think that's what businesses are trying to do. And in a very difficult year, where you know the economy stopped and. You know, we've been dealing with this uh, coronavirus and, you know, just, just a really, really difficult year. I think uh, from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, um, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling out there. But, again, uh, this market's showing some resiliency. Uh, last week, the uh, Dow Jones finished up 19 points, 0.1% for the week. So he got a little bit of a gain uh, year-to-date, up 0.2%. Uh, the S&P 500 index, again, the most followed index probably out there, um, again, had a 0.2% uh, gain for the week, and year-to-date we're at 7.8%. Uh, the NASDAQ was up 0.8% last week, uh, and again, year-to-date we're at 30.1%. And the small caps gave back a little bit last week, uh, down 0.2%, and a year-to-date off 2.1%. That's the Russell 2000. So, again, you know, just a, a week where... Uh, a lot of the news items tend to be the same as what we've been talking about the last few weeks, Bob. You know, uh, thinking about the election, thinking about the, you know, the spread of the virus and maybe a second wave and and how that might impact, and just watching businesses overall try to recover and you know continue to move forward. And of course, as we look to what's happening uh, in the news, we can't avoid the fact that the election is marching toward us as quick as ever. Uh, just a couple of weeks now to November 3rd. Now, again, based on your research, uh, the election year and the stock market are, are going to be apparently right on course if you look back in history that you follow all the way back to 1952 when they elected Ike. Yeah, Bob. So I'm looking at a research report here from Investec. Um, again, we purchased a lot of research um, that I've purchased for years. Uh, we spent literally thousands of dollars on external research. And this Investec uh, research uh, newsletter that comes out is a good one. 
Uh, he does great writing in here. He looked back to 1952 and, um, you know, basically showed that, you know, the S&P 500 in election years typically is up about 6.7%. And, uh, you know, we're running, as we said, right around 7.8%. Uh, so even with this odd year, uh, you know, we are really experiencing pretty much what we have in history as far as an election year goes. Now, the other aspects about, about an election, of course, is uh, people talk about, you know, what is uh, the current administration, a new administration going to do about taxes? Uh, we know historically the current administration lowered taxes in its uh, first uh, first session. Uh, they talk about the possibility of taxes going up if uh, a Democratic White House becomes a reality. As far as the Wall Street is concerned, how important are, are taxes to the stock market historically? Well, I think taxes are important, Bob, and, and I think that's a reality. I think if we do have a, a Democratic White House or a Democratic Senate um, or, or House, you know, they're going to push for higher taxes and repealing, you know, probably the uh, the tax cuts that were putting in by the Trump administration. Um, you know, really, if you look in history, and again, this uh, I, I got this research this week, uh, Biden's tax plan as a percentage of GDP would be about a 1.4% uh, increase. There's actually um, five uh, periods in history where we've had greater uh, tax increases. The 1942 Revenue Act uh, was about 5% of GDP. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it is a big tax increase. Um, you know, it's going to impact higher tax earners, it looks like, you know, with the top, top tax bracket going to 39.6%. Uh, they're talking about limitation or... Uh, changes in some of the tax deductions that happen. Um, a big one that it looks like is they're talking about uh, doing away with uh, the 1031 exchange, which might impact some real estate investors out there. Uh, the 1031 exchange, Bob, is the ability to defer those capital gains um, into another business uh, property if if you sell and doing away with that. And another one might be uh, you know a change in the estate tax, which. Uh, might send you back to your attorney uh, to do a little bit more estate planning, you know, reducing the estate tax exemption, uh, which is currently $11.58 million down to $5.49 million. So those more affluent households, uh, you know, might have some estate planning to do if uh, if some of these changes go into, impe- uh, into effect. Overall, though, how important are taxes compared to uh, confidence in the economy? Well, I think taxes lead to confidence, Bob. I think, um, you know, taxes are something that... Uh, you know, give people more confidence. If, if they feel their taxes are going to be less, they probably spend a little bit more. But I think confidence is the key. I think you know, small business and uh, consumer confidence, as we talk about, is what drives our economy. Seventy percent of our economy is consumer-driven. So I, I think, you know, whatever we can do to, to at this point, especially where, you know, confidence was shaken a little bit this year to, you know, make sure we don't do anything that really, you know, changes that sentiment and, and keeps people positive, keeps them trying to get out of their house and spending money and trying to move this economy forward. Once again, we're talking to Walt Sukara of the AKW Group here in Akron. We're talking about investing in the market and taking questions, too, at 330-673-1234. Uh, again, any other statistics you learned from this uh, this research you did that, that uh, impact the election versus uh, uh, anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think a couple key points, Bob. I mean, tax increases and decreases, you know, have occurred at all points of history. And, you know, really, I don't think they have that, that huge impact on economic and stark market cycles. Again, I think as we talked about, you know, consumers and confidence probably have more 
Um, you know, t- tax increases historically have not really triggered bear markets, so I don't think that's a, the huge concern that we should have. And you don't have to go back too far to find really high marginal tax brackets. You know, if you if you look in time frames from 1936 to 1963, we had some really high uh, marginal tax rates on higher income earners. I mean, they were up to 79% at one point. So, you know, people that complain about paying 39%, you know, they're making a lot of money. And if you go back in history, there were times you might have paid 79%. So, I mean, we got to you know, pull up those big boy pants and keep moving forward. And I think, uh, you know, most people will. And I think that's uh, that's the resiliency of, of uh, you know, a lot of Americans and, and the U.S. economy in general. Now, last week, some news that came out included the uh, fact that Social Security recipients will get a whopping 1.3% cost of living adjustment for 2021, the second smallest on record. Uh, the Fed has uh, targeted 2% inflation. Interest rates continue to be uh, all around that number, too. What does that mean for those in retirement and approaching retirement right now? Bob, it makes it tough. You know, I mean, it, it, I, I think we look at that and we shake our heads. You know, it's going to be tough on, on seniors, on the elderly, on those that are on fixed budgets. I mean, you know, you look at things like, you know, food that uh, food prices that are going up about 4% a year, drug prices, you know, maybe around one and a half, uh, physician services over two, dental services over three, uh, hospital services over 4% a year and increases, nursing home and daycare services up, you know, 33 to 4%. So, again, when you talk about those increases and then you give these these elderly, you know, 1.3% increase in Social Security, it doesn't do a lot to help. As a matter of fact, it puts them farther behind the game. And as you mentioned, the reality it is interest rates are low. A lot of elderly and seniors want to be more conservative. They're looking for more of that guaranteed type of return, and it's not there. So it's forcing people to look other other places. And, and Bob, that's, you know, what we're here for. Hopefully, you know, we can help some of those elderly and senior people that, you know, realize they have to take a little bit more risk. They might need to venture into, you know, dividend stocks or something of that nature. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can help some people, you know, make ends meet and, and continue to, uh, you know, help them reach their uh, their needs as they move forward. We're talking to Walt Sakira, who is the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. We're talking about stocks and how they invest their clients' money individually own stock portfolios. And it's time to give you a chance to ask Walt questions about the stock market. Give us a call at 330-673-1234 for Stock Talk. That's out of Akron and on WNR.com. Toll free, 800-669-4100. Let's kick it off with a question, Walt. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Morning. I wondered uh, how secure do you think the dividend is uh, for AT and T? The symbols T. Yeah, we uh, you know AT and T has been a stock that we've I've followed for many 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 years. I've owned it at different cycles. Um, I did sell it earlier this year. Um, you know, it was just a stock that I felt like, um, even though long term, you know, probably has some significance. It's it's not a stock we wanted to hold. Uh, you know, through the balance of this year, we may revisit it down, the, you know, in the future. Uh, the dividend seems to be secure at this point, but again, that is a high dividend and there are pressures. And, you know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the recovery. You know, if things continue to get better, then that dividend, I'm sure they want to try to keep that in place. But uh, with the height of the dividend and where it's at, I mean, uh, you know, and if, if the struggles continue, it, you know, next year, I mean, you, you might see a, a cut there. I mean, it would be maybe good practice for them, you know, to, to try to save some of those dividends to, you know, keep their business growing. So uh, we've seen a lot of companies do that this year. I, I guess, you know, I would look at it as, you know, secure at the current time, but you got to pay attention to the future. Okay, thank you.
Thank you for your call. Let's take another one now for Walt Secure on WNIR. Go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning, Walt. My, my question is about uh, EVs, electric vehicles. With uh, Washington State recently uh, mandating that all new vehicles that are going to be sold, well, sold in the state by 2030 to be EVs, and California doing the same thing, I think Governor Newsom just signed a bill. And with this election coming up, with all these uh, uh, Green New Deals and things, are you looking at any uh, electric vehicles other than Tesla? We all know about Tesla and their meteoric rise, but I'm thinking more along the lines of of uh, some of the Chinese manufacturers. Are you are you looking at any, or are you investing in any uh, electric utility or electric vehicles, even like Workhorse, in out of Youngstown? Right. No, very, very good question. I mean, we talked about this, you know, a couple times the last few weeks. I think that uh, it is an area that's growing. I think it is the future. Um, as you talked about, you know, a Democratic uh, administration would definitely be more energy-friendly, green, you know, in, in essence. And, um, you know, we've seen the momentum of Tesla. And, you know, these cars are impressive. And, and you know, from our end, we are looking. Um, you know, I'll get ahead of myself a little bit here, but, I mean, we did make a purchase in our small mid-cap portfolio of NIO. It's N-I-O um, is the symbol on the New York Stock Exchange in our small mid-cap portfolio. Uh, they are an electric car maker over in China. Uh, they don't have a global car at this point, um, but a, a very impressive car. They have an SUV in that framework, and uh, the technology, you know, is is really nice. I mean, here's the Tesla. I bought them at five dollars a share. That's one of the reasons they just don't have a distributorship in the uh, United States yet. That's correct. I mean, and they probably will over time. And again, there's going to be a lot of competition, and we can't even underestimate, you know, GM and Ford and you know some of the big ones. I mean, the, you know, where money is made and opportunity is moving, companies will move towards that. You know, I'm sure the executives at GM are sitting around going like, "Wow, we're going to get destroyed here." Uh, they're going to make the changes that they need to make, and you know, a lot of these companies have the scale and they have the manufacturing expertise, and, and they can make the adjustments. So it'll be a really exciting industry, I think, to watch over the next few years. Thank you, Walt. Sure. And thank you for calling us, 330-673-1234, to talk with Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron about individual stocks that you may be interested in or, or looking at or want to buy or sell. It's a good way, way to get some great advice, 330-673-1234. Now, Walt, last week, a couple of big stories. Apple had their unveiling of their 5G-era smartphones. In the analysis now, was that a good deal or not for Apple? Yeah, but I, I think it was as expected. I mean, I, Apple is an amazing marketing company. I mean, they can surely woo, you know, people well. I mean, they woo me. I'm a pretty easy sale, I guess. I mean, I love uh, Apple product. 5G, it, as we talked about, just isn't there. The speeds and the carriers haven't done the build-out yet. It's really not the full 5G experience. So when you look at the price points of this, I mean, it'll be a tough quarter for them. I mean, there's big expectations with Apple. I mean, when you're king of the heap, you know, you got big expectations and Wall Street expects $160 billion worth of iPhone sales through uh, September 2021. So they got their work cut out for them, and, you know, the rubber hits the road. So we'll see if they can do it again. Uh, I wouldn't bet against them, but, I mean, they got, they got a tough uh, challenge over the next year. Last week, of course, Amazon, another one of your core equity strategy holdings, had their big Prime Day event. Was that good or was that bad? What's the preliminary outlook on how well they did? Well, they don't report the numbers, Bob, but there's a lot of estimates, and I think the estimates range from seven and a half billion to nine point nine billion over those two days. 
Uh, that would be about a 40% gain from last year, you know, just some of the analytics that are done um, on, on website traffic and so forth. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think it sets up well that consumers are still spending money as we head into the Christmas season. I mean, that's something that we were worrying about. So it looks like, you know, based on Prime Day, people are still opening up those uh, bank accounts and willing to spend some money if the deals are right. And uh, Amazon will definitely participate in that as we go forward. I think the six boxes of stuff we got yesterday from Amazon also kind of <laughs> lends exactly to what you said. It was a big success. I know. I don't need any boxes for my fire pit. It's pretty easy to get a fire started in my house, too, Bob. <laughs> the third quarter innings also kicked off last week. Uh, banks and financial stocks usually report first. Any of those stocks catch your eye? Yeah, you know, banks really did a good job for the quarter managing earnings. I mean, revenue's still tough, I mean, but... You know, they're managing their earnings well. I think what we saw across the bank is trading activity is very high. Uh, We also saw that reserves are starting to come down. So I think they're feeling like they don't have to put as much in reserves that, uh, you know, maybe some people are actually going to be able to make their payments and, and make good on their loans. So it was a good quarter to see. Um, you know, our, our favorite in the category is J.P. Morgan. Um, that we own that in our core equity strategy. We've owned it for a long time. We think it's best in class, and you know, we continue to like J.P. Morgan as we go forward here. Another uh, airline uh, stocks, uh, not lost stocks, but the industry last week, uh, uh, their stocks really are under pressure. They had more losses. They announced more permanent job cuts. Uh, they aren't buying planes. Uh, like they had planned to. What do you think about airline stocks, and do you think they will recover in the future? I think they will recover, Bob. I mean, you're right. Delta was off 76% in revenue. United off 78% in revenue last week. Uh, Big losses, you know, uh, no profits in these companies at all right now. Uh, One really nice item I saw last week in my reading is that uh, the Department of Defense did a study, though, and they saw that uh, airplane might be the safest place to be uh, as far as COVID-19. They said that, um, you know, due to the, you know, the uh, air circulating system and the cleaning system on a plane, that 99.9% of particles released in the air, uh, you know, are basically gone within six minutes. Uh, it takes about 90 minutes in, a, in an office space or a, a home uh, to get rid of particles like that. So, I mean, you know, an airplane might be really safe. And I think if those kinds of studies can be proven and people feel uh, confident about being safe on air travel, then I think we're going to see people want to get back out and travel, Bob. I, I don't think everybody wants to stay locked up in their house forever. Now, more in news last week, of course, on the, on the COVID-19 vaccine front, some uh, disappointments, a couple of trials were, were put on hold because of uh, some concerns that they have to research. On the other hand, there was good news from, from Pfizer last week. So what, what is the state of the, of the development of this uh, vaccine, which could really bring things, uh, hopefully, getting back to normal? Yeah, Bob, as, we, as you said, you know, we saw some disappointments with AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson due to, you know, some, uh, you know, people in their trials uh, experienced illness, and they had to stop the trials and, and slow them down. Uh, Pfizer has actually moved right through, and, of course, they're working with BioNTech, symbol BNTX. Uh, they actually, you know, can apply, they've applied for emergency use authorization for its vaccine in November, um, so, again, really good news. Uh, you know, that, like we said, the therapeutics, I think, last week showed that we're making some more progress. And, you know, if we get a vaccine or something even that's used in, you know, emergency use authorization, that's a really good sign that, you know, there's a lot of really smart people out there working really hard to get to the bottom of this and uh, make our world safe again from COVID-19. And I, and I think we're going to get it. 
And, uh, you know, that's going to improve uh, every, everybody's outlook and everybody's confidence as we move forward. Once again, Walt Secure is our expert from the AKW Group here in Akron, talking about stocks, investing, and how they invest their clients' money, individual stock portfolios. Questions available to you at 330-673-1234 in outside of Akron and on WNR.com, 800-669-4100. Now, a caller already this morning touched on the, on the electric car industry, and you mentioned that uh, you have purchased uh, NIO for your uh, small mid-cap portfolio. And again, you talked about it being a Chinese company. Tell us more about that and uh, how you put that, why you put that in your portfolio right now. Yeah, Bob, you know, we just, we, we've been watching Tesla, and as I said, I, I can't get it off my screen. I keep thinking about it, and I keep thinking about the long-term impacts of electric cars. I mean, I, it's in the news a lot. I'm sure that's why it's captured my attention. Again, we try not to be over-emotional about things. We try to really look at the, you know, the business models and the potential. As we said, Tesla, you know, seems awful expensive. Uh, so we, you know, I've, in, in my research and just diving around and looking around at, at all different ways to play, you know, we, we found that NIO is, you know, they're a premium electric car vehicle maker. And, again, they got a nice SUV product over there in China. Like we said, they don't have global sales currently. Um, they do have some really interesting features. Uh, they can do a battery switch within three minutes. Uh, they've also created these charging valets where if you're to your office, they'll come and charge your car up for you. Um, their their little assistant is called Nomi. Uh, it sits on the dashboard, and it's got these two, it looks like eyes that kind of look at you. And, you know, it can do all kinds of things in the car, open the sunroof, take selfies of you, tell jokes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty humorous vehicle and a, and a very high-tech vehicle. Um, again, they, they showed some improvement. They closed the gap a little bit on Tesla uh, this last quarter as far as vehicle sales over in China. And again, uh, you know, China's a big market, and it's an interesting market for us long term. Uh, you know, so again, if there's a little bit of decoupling you know, between our economy and, and the Chinese economy, uh, you want to have some winners maybe in other places other than the U.S. So uh, we like the technology. We like the company. The valuation seems a lot more in perspective for us, so it was worth putting in our small mid-cap portfolio. And again, that portfolio is built with a little bit more higher risk return perspective, and uh, so I think it's a, an appropriate place to take that investment. And again, the symbol of that is NIO. Do you have any other car stocks? In your portfolios? We do. We have another really interesting one in the small mid-cap portfolio, Bob, but I'm not going to give you that one. i, I got to keep some for our clients here. If anybody <laughs> wants to call and talk to me, I'm willing to tell you. But mm-hmm. we got we got one that's more on the luxury side, and that small mid-cap portfolio has been a really good stock for us. And, uh, yeah, you know, to have two car companies in a small mid-cap portfolio is kind of unique. You know, it's a tough industry, uh, mm-hmm. but we, we think we got two winners in there. Uh, just in general now, people may be questioning, how does an American own stock in a foreign company? Is that a direct owning of the stock? I mean, is there a Chinese exchange where you go and buy buy the shares, or are you owning it like a, sort of like in a proxy uh, way? Yeah, there's there's these uh, securities called ADRs. Uh, they're American Depository Receipts. Uh, this actually trades, and the NIO trades on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, basically, an ADR is a security that you know, basically uh, brings in the foreign stock into a share that is easily traded on our exchanges. Uh, so it does the conversions for you, it makes it easy, and it gives you the, you know, the U.S. exchange to be able to trade the stock so you don't have to go over into a foreign stock market. So NIO does trade on the New York Stock Exchange. 
And again, that means it's easy to get into, get out of. Uh, uh, research is easy to find, so it really becomes part of, of our market. And there are many companies that people don't realize. Uh, they think they may be American companies, but they really end up being ADRs because their parent company is, uh, is overseas. That's correct. Yeah, ADRs have been around for a long, long time, and it's a good way to participate in, in some foreign stocks. And as you said, liquidity is a key buy. We want to make sure that anything we buy... Uh, you know, where we can get out of it easily, we can make changes easily, and uh, there's enough liquidity, enough buyers and sellers. And, of course, if it trades on those exchanges, they have an obligation to, to make a market, to make sure that, you know, there is a way to, to trade the stock if you need to. Once again, Walt Sakira with the AKW Group. They're affiliated with the Robert W. Baird & Company, Private Wealth Management nationally, and they can provide uh, any number of, uh, of uh, wealth management services for their clients, including asset management, capital markets, private equity services. They have clients, of course, all over the world. Walt and his team in Fairlawn, Ohio, and Washington, Pennsylvania, they provide financial planning, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, tax reviews, uh, RMD illustrations, uh, Roth conversions, social security, security analyses, stock options analyses, transaction tech, tax analyses, a lot of things that are going to just much more than sitting down with somebody and saying, okay, how much money you got and uh, here's where we're going to put it. So it's a lot more than just uh, it's investing clients' money. It is, Bob. It's building a relationship. It's, it's working on what's important to people. I mean, investing the money may be the last thing on someone's mind when we first sit down. And, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes an important part of the process. And, you know, obviously investing money does matter, and where you put it does matter, and knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it does matter. But, you know, there's a lot that comes into the planning process before that that's on people's minds. Sometimes it's family issues. Sometimes it's financial security. Sometimes it's simplifying their lives and getting control of things, um, you know, caring for loved ones. There's there's a lot of issues that we sit down, and we, we try to figure out what's important. We build a good plan, and then we help them invest if that's something they need, and, and a lot of times it is. And what are the advantages of being affiliated with a national company like Robert W. Baird? Just, you know, a deep uh, set of resources, Bob. You know, we have a lot of intellectual intelligence here. You know, it's a firm I'm very proud to be a part of. Great culture, great people. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, I know what I know. I know what I'm good at. And I know when I need to pick up the phone. And, and it makes it really easy for my team to pick up the phone here, you know, with over 4,500 employees. Um, that are very, very qualified and talented and a great culture of people wanting to help. It it makes it really easy for us to, to do a good job for our clients. And as we've been mentioning, the AKW Group has now expanded from uh, being here based in Akron and Fairlawn all the way to Washington, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, the office there opened up fairly recently and uh, has some folks in there that were people that you worked with here locally in Akron. Yeah, so Sue Marshall, a partner that uh, you know I worked with for years, uh, even in a past firm that I that I owned. Um, we we have a long history. We built a relationship, and uh, you know it's a great relationship. And we're excited to be able to work, you know, in that 136 mile stretch uh, between here and Washington, PA. Uh, I've done a lot of work over in that area. I, I, I like the Pittsburgh market, and uh, you know a lot of the people are good people, just like here in Northeast Ohio. Unfortunately, of course, this weekend is the Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and I have to wonder if that's been a little bit of only contention between uh, between the two offices, or are you still a solidly a Browns fan? 
Oh, it, it, it's contention, all right. I mean, I, I wear my brown jersey when I go over to Pittsburgh, for sure. I'm not afraid of that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is always a fun rivalry, Bob. Thankfully, it's a rivalry again, it seems. You know, I mean, for years it wasn't, you know, since the Browns came back. I mean, I think they've only won seven times out of the, what, uh, 43 games that they played. And, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a rough return for the Browns since they, you know, got taken away to Baltimore there back in, 19, uh, in 1995 and 96, I think. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a rivalry again. It, it should be a good football game today. And uh, as I told you, i got a lot of family and friends back in that area. They, they've they beat me up for years. So hopefully the Browns can get a victory today. And, you know, I can, uh, you know, very graciously take that win and be proud of it. So uh, <laughs> I won't be texting everybody tonight like they text me, but I'll, uh, I'll let them, you know, I'll let them know by my smile on uh, Monday <laughs> if we can get the win. All right, so we have good thoughts about today in the Browns game, but what about uh, this coming week uh, in the market? What's going to be happening as we get to the middle of October? Well, we got the exciting last debate on Thursday, right? We can look forward to that maybe. <laughs> I don't know if people will or not, but that's coming up. We we got a lot of earnings reports this week, Bob. You know, companies like Netflix, uh, Procter & Gamble, Abbott Labs, uh, Intel will report this week, Kimberly-Clark, you know, just uh, Southwest Airlines and other airline reports. So lots of earnings reports to look at, and for me that's really the most important thing that we do because uh, a lot of the big picture stuff, you know, comes and goes, but at the end of the day, as we said, it's companies doing a good job and, and making money, and, and ultimately that's what we want to focus on for our clients. Walt Sakara, the AKW Group here in Akron. You can contact them to talk about investing your money and about the financial services they can provide you at 234-466-7476. They're in Fairlawn on West Market Street, 234-466-7476. The AKW Group, Walt Sakara and his team, 234-466-7476, 234-466-7476. Tell me you heard him on WNIR. Kent Akron. Talk to you next Sunday. Go Browns. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Abbott Laboratories, symbol ABT. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. Delta Airlines Inc., symbol DAL. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, symbol JPM. Kimberly Clark Corporation, symbol KMB. AT&T Inc., symbol T. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. General Motors, symbol GM. Intel Corporation, symbol INTC. Netflix, Inc., symbol NFLX. NEO, Inc., symbol NIO. The Procter & Gamble Company, symbol PG. Pfizer, Inc., symbol PFE. Southwest Airlines Company, symbol LUV. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. And United Continental Holdings, Inc., symbol UAL. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.